Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. opening up tonight's show with a cough. I am not uh, suffering from the Rona. I'm suffering from being behind on my allergy meds. And when I do, I end up getting uh, an allergy attack. But you know what? Um, still, nothing keeps me from taking to the mic, baby. 6 to 7 p.m. here on the Andrea K. Show. Dynamite and address. Busting through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy every night of the week, even if I have to do it through the allergy sneezes and wheezes, okay? 888-344-1170. Lots to get into tonight. What do you think is Fauci's biggest lie? Fauci lied and people died. But I think that uh, there's there might be a strategic reason on the part of the Democrats as to why they're allowing leaks and the information to come out about the Wuhan lab. I'm going to share with you guys some interesting information that I think is more important a much bigger lie that uh, nobody's focusing on right now because they're chasing that shiny object of the P4 lab in Wuhan. Got to talk about that. There was an, a huge announcement today that had to do with uh, what everybody's been asking for a few months since the legend of 40 years, the man who did so much to educate this country on conservatism, on constitutionalism. And helped to further that movement in this country more than anybody. He launched an entire industry of talk radio. And the question has remained since he, Rush Limbaugh passed away in February. What would, who would take the mantle? And would that, uh, and, and who would, not only who would take the mantle, but actually would they take the mantle and carry it forward? And big announcements today on that. Brian Maloney will be here to answer the question as to whether or not he believes and, uh, the Limbaugh legacy lives on or whether or not it's been lost and what the impact might be for us with MAGA, as well as some interesting poll numbers happening today and other uh, other um, information on the Republican Party and Trump. Trump made an announcement today. So Brian's going to give his unique perspective on that. Hey, we're rolling into Memorial Day, and we've got Gretchen Smith of Code of Vets who's going to be here today to talk about. We, I know Memorial Day is really about those who lost their life in service to this country, but I think every day is a day in which we should honor our military. And so we've got uh, Gretchen Smith from Code of Vets who's going to be here. Those topics and more, 888-344-1170 if you want to weigh in on any of those. And the man who would take your calls and keeps it rolling every night of the week, sneezing and wheezing or not, it's DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman. I have my veto pen drawn and ready, and I have only one thing to say. Go ahead. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. I just wish President Reagan could come back and veto the entire Biden administration. That'd be fabulous. <laughs> Wouldn't it? <laughs> um... All right. So I think I let me tell you guys what I think is as I've got a story that you're not going to hear anywhere else in the mainstream media. Uh, I, I think that I, while I'm glad in a sense, I, you know what, last week when it when it broke, when Rand Paul, you know, and others, you know, got the truth out that, you know, it was pretty dang clear that President Trump was right when he said last year that this Wuhan was not a natural situation. It was bro- cooked up in a lab and it leaked out. Um, you know, while I think that's important information to know, I think I posed the question, it might have been Monday this week, um, you know, what's the point of that information? 
does it really change so much of the bigger issues that have that have come about? The, the bigger issues for me as to then where it started. And yeah, hat tip to Rand Paul for exposing it. Hat tip to Rand Paul for uh, passing legislation today that we're not going to fund gain of function research anymore. Um, that might be the original sin, but I don't think it's the greatest sin involving this coronavirus situation. The greatest sin is that how it was corrupted and used as an excuse to usher in communism in this country as a power grab over us. Uh, the lockdowns and everything that was done in the course of killing Americans was all meant to set us up for this vaccine. And and the only way and one of the ways that they were able to set it up for us to be jabbed with this with with what many people consider uh, and we know it for a fact Undisputed fact, this, the vaccines, if you, if you even consider them vac- vaccinations, have not been FDA approved. You are taking part of a clinical trial. In order to get you to, to go there after they locked us down, they had to commit a far greater lie, in my opinion, which is to kill the American people by refusing to acknowledge and support treatments and actual cures of coronavirus. Fauci lied and people died. And he didn't just lie about masks. And he didn't just lie about where this Wuhan virus started. And he didn't just lie about six foot distancing. And he didn't just, didn't just lie about kids and, and who got it and who spread it. But think about this for a moment. He lied as well as the rest of the CDC, the NIAID, the NIH and, 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 and World Health or WHO and all the rest of the acronyms about whether or not there were treatments. People died as a result of it. And if you don't believe that, whether we're talking about hydroxychloroquine, because Trump pushed it out, then it became the laughing stock. Meanwhile, Congress people, pharmacists, governors around the world, around the country were hoovering it up. Ivermectin, budesonide, and on and on and on. They could have saved lives. They let people die, and they did it intentionally. Here's a report that's come out a couple months ago. I don't know if you, I don't, didn't really report on it on the show, but India supposedly saw a huge spike in cases of coronavirus. And there were a lot of people that were saying, we, we need to be, uh, as part of a humanitarian uh, aid, we need to be giving them our vac- vaccines over there. We, we, they don't have enough vaccinations in India. So guess what they did, DJ Potato Skins? They started using ivermectin. Right. So I'm going to get into some numbers here. You're not hearing this anywhere else. And I know sometimes when people start hearing numbers that their eyes glaze over. But this is important information because while while I I get why, why do we do need to know again how this thing started, because the taxpayer should not be funding gain of function research that's going to produce bioweapons that are going to be used against us. More importantly, how we responded to this was a far greater humanitarian crisis than how it started. In Delhi, cases in Delhi where ivermectin um, began on April 20th because they didn't have vaccinations, cases dropped from 28,395 to just 2,200. This represents an astounding 92% drop in cases. Likewise, cases in Uttar Pradesh have dropped from 37,900 to 5,900, a decline of 84%. And this is coming from a Dr. Joshua Hope from the Desert Review. He goes on to explain that the All India Institute of Medical Sciences guidance published April 21, which called for dosing of um, basically uh, 15 milligrams a day for a 150-pound person or 18 milligrams for a 200-pound person individual. The other three Indian states that adopted it all went down as well. Goa is down from 4,000 to 1,600. 
Uttarakhand is down from 9,600 to 2,900 cases. Um, Karnataka is down from 50,000 to 31. Um, the only state where cases, um, increased and didn't go down was the state of Tamil Nadu, which used Fauci's resdemivir. Those cases are actually up more than tripling in their cases. So the way that they tried to justify the fact that uh, Tamil Nadu's cases went up as opposed to all the other states that used ivermectin was they said, well, you know, it went from urban areas out to the rural areas. However, the rural areas like Uttar Pradesh, which is near the Himalayans, their cases went down 84% with ivermectin. Ivermectin was also... um, Dr. Fareed, there's another there's another doctor who who weighed in on this, Dr. George Fareed. Um, He said that uh, that they attempted to smear ivermectin through associating it with another drug, hydroxychloroquine. Um, Unfairly, he said, while hydroxychloroquine has become a punchline by the media, he says, you know, it's effective against covid-19, especially in early stages. He says he has treated six thousand patients with nearly 100 percent success with a combination of hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, fluvoxamine, and various nutraceuticals, including zinc and vitamin D. Um, this doctor says that this inf- none of this information has is ma- is made it through the censorship of the mainstream media, and the public has not heard about 200-plus studies that reflect hydroxychloroquine's effectiveness, and the fact remains that it, is con- it, that it has an undeserved negative connotation because of its connection to Trump. This article goes on to talk about Forbes and how Forbes tried to run down, um, tried to tried to run smear ivermectin by saying, is ivermectin the new hydroxychloroquine? Um, Although the article in Forbes didn't cite any any um, studies or anything to denounce the effectiveness of ivermectin. Um, they did cite Merck as, as somebody who, as a, an outfit who criticized it. Um, but Merck stands to gain $356 million, um, from a rival drug. This doctor goes on to say that ivermectin has saved tens of thousands of lives in India, as well as in, it, it uh, crashed coronavirus cases in Mexico, Slovakia, and Zimbabwe. Your your thoughts on this, Skins? Did uh, it's wait, not hard to think of how many. It's just a question. Think of how many lives could have been saved here and continue to be. There's no reason, and and not only that, not only do we of. Let's say you believe the five hundred thousand number of Americans who died. How many after you hear that that ivermectin is a hundred percent effective in either in either um, preventing it or curing it? Drop the case count by ninety four percent. Would we would we be looking at at a lower death count than the flu than the annual flu? And we know at least a, a huge percentage of that five hundred thousand number is flu cases this year because they stopped counting the flu. Well, and the answer is it's not out there because then they know that for the most part we probably wouldn't need the vaccine. We would exa- well. That's the whole point. They've killed Americans by denying them therapeutics that either that prevented it and or cured it. Because they wanted you panicked. They wanted to be able to seize your business. They wanted to be able to take your job away from you. They wanted to be able to keep you from going to church. They wanted you to to submit to them. They wanted to gain control over you. And oh, by the way, there's no, now that you know this, 
There's not an excuse for any business being closed. There's not an excuse for a child to have a mask on their face. There's not an excuse for a school to be shut down. There's not an excuse for any of the regulations or mandates that exist anywhere in the United States of America. Shame on the new replacement for for Liz Cheney, who said, well, we need to reopen safely. No, there is no reopening safely. There is no further guideline that makes sense. And not one Republican should continue to support the vaccines beyond your personal choice or anything related to these these mandates. We should be done with this. In fact, what they should be doing is they should be screaming about the use of ivermectin and all of these therapeutics. And we're not hearing it from anybody. This should be mainstream news. Yeah, if I am able to find this information, why isn't this not the leading story? Across everywhere. This is why I'm telling you, I think, that there's a little bit of a smokescreen going on, a little bit of a distraction with the Wuhan lab. I'm past the point. Got to take a break and, and switch gears and bring in my buddy, Brian Maloney. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Breaking news, Bill Cosby's petition for parole has been denied. I've been denied. That dude actually thought he was going to get out on parole. Come on now. Um, before the break, we were talking about a, a news report on the, on the effectiveness of ivermectin, which you're not going to hear anywhere. I think it's a far greater sin that Americans were killed and denied uh, treatments and cures uh, to keep us locked in, keep us fearful, and to push a vaccine. But we got to shift gears to get into other news today. And joining me now is my buddy Brian Maloney from Red Wave America and Stop the Scalpings. Hello, my friend. Hey, great to be back. All righty. So um, big announcement today about a replacement for Rush Limbaugh. And I was confused because Dan Bongino tweeted out multiple times that he was going to be the new replacement for Rush Limbaugh. Evidently, Rush Limbaugh, who was on 600 in 600 markets, 120 or so are going to go to Dan Bongino and the rest are going to go to this new duo, one of which I've never heard of before. Clay Travis, a sports journalist, right, and Buck Sexton, um, who many people have known because he's been on, you know, Fox. But I, you know, uh, until recently, I, you know, here when they popped his show in a couple months ago, I had never heard his radio show. So to many people, he they only know him as a as a, a commentator on Fox. Um, th- I guess their plan is that they're going to go for a younger audience. I mean, is Rush Limbaugh? Here's my question, to you, my friend: Is Rush Limbaugh's legacy living on, or is it lost? And what's the impact? Well, I, yeah, so I, it's lost, and I'll tell you why. Um, they did, and just it, it's funny because I've been making the comparison to something non-political, and that is the Jeopardy show, where they didn't have a plan to replace Alex Trebek. You know, they had plenty of notice with Alex Trebek, and they had plenty of notice with Rush Limbaugh. You know, they had at least a year to plan for this. And even if they didn't want to discuss it with Rush himself because it was a delicate topic or whatever, you know, they needed to have a battle plan, and they didn't. And the show has been floating around for months now since his passing earlier this year, running reruns and fill-in hosts, and it's been a disaster. And the bottom line here is that a lot of stations have already signed off and haven't been running this fiasco now and have gone with other programs or gone with local people or other syndicated shows so there isn't really much of an empire for these two no-namers who I think 
are incredibly underwhelming choices for this uh, to to grab a hold of. And but the thing, what really confused people today was, as you pointed out, you know, Dan Bongino had claimed that he had been chosen as Russia's replacement. That was not true. No. Uh, and I was the one screaming about that a couple of months ago, saying, no, Dan got a you know a small number of. Russia's stations that were that are owned by a competitor, uh, and you know, but that that does not mean that anyone behind Rush Limbaugh's show selected Dan Bongino to be his replacement. Rush himself would be horrified to see what has become of all of this, and it's sad. Uh, you know, I mean, this is just, I, I yeah, we could spend hours talking about that side of it. But the bottom line here is that it's a lost opportunity that we're going to have to rebuild from somewhere else. Well, and the thing is a lost opportunity mainly for this nation because the impact that he had, when you would listen to the show and hear people call in and say, I'm a rush baby. I started listening to your show when I was a six year old, a seven year old in my parents, the backseat of my parents' car. And now I'm 35 years old and I'm a conservative and I vote Republican. You realize the impact that this man had. I mean, the entire radio industry was built upon him and more importantly the so much of our conservative movement was built off of him and the way he educated people and he could delve into and he educated people not just about what this country was about and conservatism and the constitution and policy but he helped people to understand the real motives of the democrat party and helped people to understand he was a phenomenal analyst and could delve so deep into topics and communicated in a way that was understandable to for everybody from a six-year-old in a back seat to somebody 60 something years old and you know without him and you know and they're gonna and I don't know if this is technically these two dudes replacing him or not but some they're gonna talk about entertainment stuff and sports stuff and oh we're gonna reach a young audience as though that's so insulting to me because I was never I was never a liberal there's this old saying I think it might have been um uh, might have been Churchill who said it. If you weren't a liberal when you were young, you had no heart. And if you're not a conservative when you're old, you have no brain. I was never liberal. I came out the womb a conservative. So to think that you've got to you've got to pick two squishy people because you know young people can't can't re- respond to a conservative message is insulting, and it makes me fearful because we've got censorship already going on everywhere, right? And yeah. you know we we've got we've got you know um, censorship happening in our media. I mean, who who do we really have left? To push conservatism well, with a big with a big microphone. Well, and that's the bottom line. And I think the corporate masters have used this opportunity to plug in a couple of guys who are probably in, under orders to not be very political, to not push the conservative envelope or whatever. And maybe Rush himself understood that once he was gone, the show would effectively end as well. And maybe that's why he wasn't involved. Uh, in, in any kind of a replacement host, why they drifted around for months with nothing going on. But, you know, other stations have gone their own way. Right. You know, all of us, almost all of us got involved in talk radio because of Russia. I yeah. got involved in talk radio in 1993. That's when I first went on the air in California and uh, in, on the central coast of California. And it was, of course, he paved the way for all of us. That was on a rush station. Uh, I went to another rush station in Reno, Nevada. After that, I went to another rush station in Seattle after that. Um, and, and I've worked on a number of other stations that carried his program. And then I was lucky enough to actually work with rush personally, get to know him over a course of many years and a fascinating person. Absolutely incredible. Had a lot of late night conversations with a guy, uh, over the years that 
I'm archiving them all so that I can, you know, make sure they're preserved. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that it's been an incredible loss. But the thing is, talk radio is an incredible medium mm-hmm. where the host and the listener has a bond that is unlike anything else out there. And we need to bring talk radio back and strengthen it and get it out there again. I don't, we need to have, you know, we need to build it back up. Uh, and, and there are plenty of people out, out there that can do it, but these corporate suits that may, you know, they want to plug in sports hosts or whatever, they're just trying to make sure that talk radio isn't strong. They're not in there to, to build a strong program. They're in there to build a weak one. Right. And, and, you know, and take the path of least resistance. Oh, now if we got a sports guy and this guy, Buck Sexton, then maybe we can, you know, we can sell, you know, sell more advertising because we can have beer people buy ads and, you know, it's, it's versus any kind it of, won't work. It, it and won't work. it's not going to work. Uh, shifting gear. Speaking of working, um, what do you think a big announcement today that, uh, Trump had a meeting with Mark Meadows, Lindsey Graham and Newt Gingrich to revive and renew and rewrite a new contract for a America. Many people think this is a good idea. My question for you is, is this a good idea or is this ni- 90s uh, acid washed jeans that nobody wants to see worn again? Well, I'll tell you, I've been talking about this for a year. And so and I'll tell you what got me started on it. To me, I thought that COVID was an opportunity for all sides to bring forward what they wanted our future to, to be. The left, you know, they had a plan for COVID and beyond. They had, and they've been implementing it. The right has just been sitting there reacting and, and complaining and being shut out and being silent. And because the conservative movement doesn't really have leaders uh, right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it has some, um, you know, some people who are popular on Twitter until they get kicked off. That's the conservative movement right now. Mm-hmm. We're stuck with, with, some, with some real deadweights at the top who need to be kind of shown the door. Some of them are grifters. Uh, so the bottom line here is that we should have had our own agenda over the last year, and we haven't. Now, yeah. is it too late to create one now? No, it's not. I mean, I think absolutely an agenda should be set and then shove it down the GOP leadership's throats and say, this is our agenda. Push for this or you're gone. Uh, you know, you give us and make sure it's a good one. Well, that's so the, that's you, the key. Excuse me for interrupting as we as we run no, out of no, time. No, no. When you're meeting with Lindsey Graham, you've got me concerned that you're drafting anything that is is um, going to be what should be shoved down because he's the person that needs it shoved down his throat. Well, that's a good question. That's a good question is, you know, who has the influence on this and whatever, whatever you think of Newt, uh, you know, and I was a talk radio host in, in 94 when they swept Congress. And I remember the, I remember what the feeling it was for everyone when it happened. Mm-hmm. And it really was that contract because essentially, you know, he was able to say, look, here's a list of things we're going to do when we're elected and you can hold us to these, we can go down the list and we're going to, you know, this is our agenda, like it or, or hate it, vote it for it or against it. But this is what we stand for. And the Republicans have never done that since. And they don't really show much of anything that they're standing for now at all. I mean, re- really, what is the GOP in Congress standing for now other than what, uh, you know, if Biden wants six trillion in insane new spending, the Republicans will settle for five and a half trillion. I mean, that's the GOP now. Right. You know, we're going to just go slightly less than the insane thing the Democrats are proposing. 
Right. That's, the, that's not a party. Well, what you they know, need. pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And what they need to do is pay attention to a poll came out today, Quinnipiac, um, that said that more than 85 percent of Republicans said that they would prefer to see candidates running for office who agree with Donald Trump. Uh, the majority of Americans, 53 to 39 percent, say they. Oh, no, that's 39 percent say they disagree. A majority of Republicans, 66 percent, say they want Trump to run for president again. And the same uh, share of all. Uh, no, uh, 60 uh, overall. Um, I can't read my own writing. I need reading glasses. So that's well, those are really the takeaways is that they they want Trump to run again. Majority of Republicans want Trump to run again. And all, uh, 85% want all other candidates to reflect his agenda. So the America first agenda is what this contract needs to be. So why would I? So I don't want Lindsey Graham or even Mark Meadows sitting at the table for it. What we need is Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates at the table. Well, this, and here's the question. Why are those people at the table with Trump right. in the first place? Who invited them to that table? I knew I can understand because he was the architect of the one in 94. That part makes sense. He's the one that did this. Uh, those other guys, you know, this, this comes back to the fundamental question I've had for years, and that is, some of the people who've been allowed to be around Trump have blown my mind. It's like, how, why? You know, well, what are some of these people doing around him that are just not, not our people? So, and so we're still dealing with this now. We have these cringeworthy moments where we have people that we know are not on our side, and they're the ones meeting with him. You, know, you and I are not meeting with Trump. Uh, and you t- to go over what this agenda is, should be. It's them. It's these same retreads uh, well, who I, really have no business moving forward with any kind of conservative movement. Well, I think the problem is, is I think Newt, I think it, my guess is it was Newt's idea to bring in Lindsey Graham and Mark Meadows because Newt is, while the idea was brilliant with the contract of America in the 90s, that's not the climate for which we're operating now. And so the idea of a new contract for America to put forth and document the America First agenda is a good one. Um, but not the failed strategy or the old GOP establishment strategy of moving to the middle and reaching across the aisle. Right. The days are long exactly. gone where we've got a new Gingrich working together with a Bill Clinton and saying the era of big government is over. So got to got to end it there. Brian Maloney, thank you so much thank for you. being here. Brian's uh, Red Wave America. Stop the scalpings. He's all over the socials. So Google and you will find him. We're going to take a break. We come back. Gretchen Smith from Code of Vets is going to be here. One of the biggest fallouts of the coronavirus crack, coronavirus responses, crackdowns and shutdowns has been on our vets. And she will explain when we come back. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Y'all know I'm the daughter of two Marines, right? And I come from a long line of military. And we are approaching Memorial Day this weekend. And I also know that there are many people that are like, look, we got to make sure we're clear. Memorial Day is Veterans Day is for, you know, this group of people uh, who served us. Uh, and the Memorial Day is for those who gave their life during service to this country, I think every day should be a day that we honor our, our military, those who serve the United States. And our veterans are suffering more 
than I think any other group as a response to these coronavirus, what's going on with coronavirus and the crackdowns. And here to discuss as we go into a Memorial Day weekend is Gretchen Smith of Code of Vets, who knows personally after her dad's story suffering from PTSD, how devastating life can be for many of our veterans. And she joins me now to talk about what the crisis that's going on with our veterans today, what you need to know and what you can do to help. Hi, Gretchen Smith. Thank you for being here on tonight's Andrea K Show. Thank you for having me, Andrea. So what can you tell us about what's going on with our vets today? And I know that there's many Americans from a variety of different industries and stripes who've lost their jobs from, from across the, the spectrum. People are suffering in so many different ways. But tell us about specifically our, our American heroes and what's going on with them. Absolutely. And I just want to say that it's an incredible way to honor our fallen, uh, the ones who paid the ultimate sacrifice by taking care of our own Mm -hmm. um, on a day to day basis. What a way to use our freedoms that they sacrificed so much for. So there is a surge in our community of suicide, of depression. Uh, We do not have statistics yet, but I did read a recent article where the military active duty, their suicide rate is up 25 percent. I believe our veteran community is just going to be as drastic, if not even more drastic stats. We have seen it ourselves. We're a grassroots org. We operate on social media platforms. across. We help veterans across the country in every state. And we have seen this spike throughout this past year. COVID, the restrictions, the shutdown to devastated our country, but even more so our veteran community because we are dealing with men and women who have PTSD, TBI, other issues coming out of the military, reacclimating re- back to civilian life. And imagine doing that during last year. We oh. dealt with a lot of veterans who were making that adjustment couldn't find jobs and it just it was a nightmare for all of us trying to scramble to help as many as we can Uh, and there we still we're still in an emergent state the needs are staggering we need to shine the light on our veterans and let the nation know they need us they need need Mm -hmm. us to step up every day to make sure that they have running running water lights that work, their eviction notices taken care of because, yes, they serve, and I feel like they need to come first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and auto auto repos are an issue right now. So we, we've got our hands full. Uh, we, we assisted 2,000 veterans last year, uh, and we're just as busy this year. I think what a lot of people don't understand if they don't come, don't have a military family background is that I think there's a lot of Americans who think that once somebody is out of the military, um, particularly if they've retired and they have retirement benefits, they're set for life. Gretchen, you know, they've got all kinds of benefits to help them acclimate, reacclimate into civil society, that if they've got any issue, the Veterans Administration is there to help with everything. And that's not the case, is it? No, it's not the case, you know, because not everybody's a retiree. I served four and a half years. We have a lot of veterans out there who have served two years, 10 years, 12 years. We don't get retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, and, and we, we lost our jobs just like everybody did across the nation. My husband lost his job. He was a five-year disabled Air Force vet. Uh, it, it, lost, it took him 13 months to find employment. So we were walking that path along with millions of others. And let me tell you, it, 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 it's, it's hard. It's mm. hard. And, and, and I feel like it's on us. We need to put our veterans first because they sacrificed so much already. And when they're already dealing with PTSD, not having a paycheck, not no. knowing if their water's going to work the next day, if, if they flip their light switch, did the electric company go ahead and turn it off because they've got these disconnects piling up? Uh, it's, 
it's been very serious. We've had vet- veterans just break down and say, we, we can't do this. We're, we're, we're exhausted. Right. Meanwhile, and, and I, I don't want to drag you in, into it, politics, but, you know, I'm just going to say it here. Meanwhile, we've got our border being flooded with all these illegals breaking and entering into our country and absolutely every part of their life from here on out will be funded by the taxpayers. From the schooling for these kids to health care to roofs over their heads to clothes to college educations and everything else. And meanwhile, the people that have sacrificed everything for this country are being forgotten and being tossed aside like like garbage. And I know that even though even the retirees, though, Gretchen, like my dad, even the retirees, you 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 might get your re- retirement benefits in the form of a pension, but that comes at the expense that you, you don't get Social Security. Right. So you you, right. Re- you really don't get anything extra. Meanwhile, trying to get back into trying to translate and move over into civilian life is incredibly difficult. And, um, it, you know, it's and there is no help from the government. And you basically are even as a retiree, you're basically on your own. Right. You're, you, th- oh, there's yeah. no help from the government and they don't help you in any way. And our Americans are just all these bleeding heart Americans out there for all these immigrants that are coming in. And I'm not saying you shouldn't care about them, but we need to put our, 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 our military heroes, our veterans first, and they are suffering right now. Can, do you have any specific people that we need to, to get help for? Or do you just want people to, to know where to go to donate and uh, talk about that for a moment? Yeah, we, we've got multiple veterans out there on our social media platforms, primarily on Twitter. We've got some eviction notices that we're trying to get taken care of right uh, right now as of tonight. Uh, we have a, a young, we have a family that uh, has utilities disconnects. Everybody's still trying to recover. We have a, a vet on Texas and his wife. He's a handyman by trade. Served served six years in the Navy. Uh, pretty much has lost everything. We're going to have to do an Amazon wish list for clothes and for household basics because when he was evicted, when they were evicted, the landlord kept all their stuff. They're, they literally have, they're wow. starting from enough square zero. A man who has served us for six years. And that's, those are just some very, you know, specific examples. We've got this going around across the nation where it's, you know, we say we love our veterans, but mm-hmm. I'm looking at actions that do not reflect that because we are taking care of illegals. And I don't have a problem with saying that better. We're stepping over our veterans to help illegals. That's wrong. I have a heart just like you. We need, you know, we need to do what we can for these individuals. But you know what? By putting our veterans at the back of the line, that's absolutely wrong. It's a disservice to our country. It's a disservice to those of us who have served. And it's frustrating. I'm telling you what, we, we get aggravated. We get fired up because we don't like seeing our veterans go without basic needs. And our homeless rates have surged from 40000 to 60000 And it is all directly related to COVID and how we, we this is overreach, this response that was just so irrational. Well, it was rational if you're if you are, are uh, part of a, a party or part of uh, the government. If you're if you're somebody like Gavin Newsom, who seized, who admitted that he was seizing an opportunity to push forth an agenda that he didn't have a chance to do before, and that is one of America last. It's not America first. And I was just thinking about a story I heard the other day when I was on Newsmax that um, I think it's I might have it's either Fort Ord or Fort Hood where a lot of the illegals are going. So our military. Some 
some of which are about to, to get out and about to complete their, you know, their time in service are right now helping illegals are getting everything on a military installation. And then they're going to they're going to leave their time in the military and, and have nothing. So it's just it's just it kills me. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. But the very military people that are about to be out on the street and, and finish their time in the military are, are, are assisting illegals right now on our military installations. And it just it just absolutely kills me. Tell everybody where they can go to donate and to help a veteran. Oh, oh my gosh. Go to CodeOfVets.com. We're just, we literally, um, we just have so many veterans in line. Our line is long. We vet them and the needs are just basic. And it's, it's, it's a disgrace. Go, go donate. Go find us on our social media platform. Share the individual missions. You'll get to see their story, their face, where they're from. And 98% of the funds get directly to them. We run on a 2% operating cost. So it's a well worth mission. Uh, please jump on board with us. We need all the assistance we can get. I'm glad you mentioned that because you've come under a lot of fire. A lot of people have tried to come for you and acted as though you weren't legit. You weren't the real deal. And you absolutely are only 2%. I mean, 98% goes to the actual veterans and they've tried to deplatform right. and, and tried to come for you, uh, which is astounding in and of itself, right? Um, and and any, right. any gift too small? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. A dollar, five dollars. This is grassroots. That's how we operate across the country is Americans just giving. And that we turn around, we, uh, we triage these emergent and urgent cases, get them taken care of at first. And then we move, just move down the line of veterans who are waiting. It's a beautiful way. It's a beautiful way to honor our veterans, specifically this weekend. Let's honor our fallen and respect our freedoms by doing something beautiful and powerful with them. Well, Gretchen Smith, thank you so much for what you do. God bless you. I'm going to donate tonight. I encourage all my listeners to do so. No gift is too small. Codevets.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrea. All righty. We're going to take a little break. If we come back, we're going to wrap up tonight's uh, Friday Eve show. So don't go away. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I don't remember them when we were kids and having we were having vaccination skins. I don't remember ever hearing. Of course, we were young. We had a had them done. I don't remember hearing things like come, you know, come get a dozen donuts in order to get your vaccination or lottery programs for vaccinations. Um, and Mussolini, he's cooked up something here in California. What's that about? Well, I mean, it's kind of twofold. One, they obviously want to get more people vaccinated for whatever purposes are are behind that and two it's yeah he's up his he's back against the ropes he does not want to get recalled so today the california department of public health has announced the vax for the win campaign andrea (laughs) what's the vax what does that even mean vax for the win that it's like that's is that a baseball isn't that a baseball thing something for the win it, it, it sounds very sports related right because if you participate yeah the California Department of Public Health is going to offer $50 gift cards at $50 to the next 2 million California residents who get fully vaccinated. 50 bucks? You 50 want me bucks. To, you you want me to inject myself with something experimental? For, and you got to give me more than 50 bones, man. Oh, oh, but if wait, I, there's more. Oh, there is. Yeah, there's more. All okay. Californians who have 
received at least one dose mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the COVID-19 vaccine will be entered into a drawing for cash prizes as well. 30 people, residents of California, will win $50,000 each mm-hmm. okay. with half of the winners. I think they're chosen here, it looks like, on June 4th and then half on June 11th. 10 residents of California are going to win $1.5 million each. Now, okay, first of all, I find this absolutely gross. I mean, we can laugh about this, but you're bribing people. On the surface, people. yeah, it's funny, but it's really not. It, but Yeah, but it's gross. I mean, well, one somebody pointed out the other day, by the way, with this, um, come get your pizza. I think they're doing, in New York, they're doing cheeseburgers and fries. Do you not know that comorbidity of obesity is like one of the main reasons why people are dying? Um, if they die from it, it's because of that. Um, so that's gross. But oh, by the way, we're paying for these payouts, right? Oh, it's not free. It ain't free. It's paid for by the taxpayers. So we're bribing people to get vaxxed with, uh, you know, um, you know, when I, what's it called when you go and you get the little tickets at like a um, lottery ticket? Well, yeah, like a raffle ticket. Raffle ticket. It's like a raffle ticket. <laughs> For, this is gross to me. It's ridiculous. Well, is there, how much? Again, how much? Backs up it, against the wall. This is just way he, he offer people free stuff. I'll stay in office, right? I mean, I, I don't. I think to some people that say, you know what, I don't trust this, and I'm concerned about blood clots, or I'm somebody that I'm concerned about. This it, will not have an effect on those people, right? I mean, if you're if you're somebody who thinks that given your conditions that this could that the vaccination these shots could kill you, it, you think fifty grand is going to be you know that's Andrew, basically, remember vax for the win right <laughs> but if you're somebody that seriously thinks you know what i'm i've got blood clots and i don't want to risk a blood clot this is not changing your are mind. you are you yeah you're gonna risk a blood clot that could kill you for 50k or at least for the 50 dollars gift card no anyway um speaking of dough um new breaking emails um, remember how Joe Biden has said he never had a conversation with Hunter about anything related to Hunter stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, emails have come out today that involved meetings in the Oval, meetings with Joe Biden it, as as recently uh, as April 2015. You tell me Joe lied? Uh, yeah, well, you know, hey, you know what? This might be the time for Joe Biden to admit that he's mentally off, right? And he doesn't have cognitive abilities. He could, he could claim, he, see, he's in a pickle because now he's got to admit he lied about meeting with Hunter's cohorts or he's got Got to, he's got to admit that he doesn't. He ain't all there. In which case, he needs to be yanked one out of the oval. other. Which which one is it? Also, what a coinky dink! By the way, the Barisma cut Hunter's salary in half two months after Biden left office. What a coinky dink! I'm sure it's just a coinky dink, right? Um, Facebook, by the way, getting back to the opening story that we had where um, it's it's pretty clear that it was not natural causes of Wuhan. Here's the good news. Facebook is no longer going to ban anybody that posts anything questioning the origins. (laughs) But they're still going to ban anything related to ivermectin or any of the therapeutics. Right. All right. Love you all. AK for the win. AK for the win. See you tomorrow night for Friday Fun Day. Peace out.